Welcome to the Rewind Movie Podcast. To mark our first 100 episodes, we'll be attending the Golden Sandwich Awards Ceremony to determine the best performances, the best music, and of course, the winner of the Golden Sandwich Award for Best Picture. Hello and welcome to the Rewind Movie Podcast. It's Gally in Glasgow. Looking forward to award season, king of the world and all that. <laughs> and wearing a tuxedo t-shirt, it's Devlin in London. Looking forward to some car wax tonight, it's Patrick in Mexico City. Mmm, sandwiches. It's Matt in South Korea. Welcome back gang and welcome back listeners. Happy New Year to you all. Right, listeners, we are doing something a little bit different. Now you are all aware that it is award season. So, to mark 100 episodes of the show, we thought we would launch the Golden Sandwiches Awards, where we look back at the films we've covered so far on the show and assign awards to those deserving in a certain set of categories. Some you will recognise, like Best Film, Best Director, and some categories you might not recognise as they tend to get overlooked at the academies, like Best Cock. We will also, in the spirit of fairness, recognise those that tried but failed with a series of worst categories. Again, providing you, the listener, with as much information as possible when deciding what film to watch from <laughs> our oeuvre. So there you go. Now, the nominations have been submitted by myself, uh, Matt, Devlin and Patrick. So if no clear winner emerges from all of that... A two-man sack race will be held on consecutive Sundays until a winner can be called. So there we go. But essentially, this is an opportunity for us to uh, s- smell our own farts about getting to 100 episodes, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly right, Devlin. So, team, are we ready? Listeners, are we ready? Fake audience, are we ready? Now, remember, listeners... These awards are only being assigned to the films that we've covered over the last 100 episodes. Now, it's said that music is the last ingredient that you can add to a film to extract the emotion out of a scene or a character. And our first category acknowledges the incredible talents that seek to underscore our favourite films. Here are the nominees for the best original score. Basil Polidorus, Robocop. John Carpenter and Alan Howarth, Halloween 3, colon, Season of the Witch. James Horner, Titanic. Michael Kamen. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. John Carpenter, Halloween. And John Williams, Jaws. Let's head over to the judging panel and hear the deliberation. Well, that's uh, uh, three of the most famous scores of all time, and the third John Carpenter's, <laughs> the one nobody remembers. I couldn't whistle it if I'm honest, Dev. I couldn't. I couldn't retrieve it. From yeah, my mind. that was that was a that was a, a, a. I'll call it a hail mary. It is my favorite John Carpenter score, but it is um, it's one of the strangest. It's like a lot of like. This kind of uh, abstract sound beds. The here's, opening of it here's is the really, problem with really it. chilling. I don't remember it. Though. 
Yes, it's uh, it is stuck in my head. I'm, a so, lot, I'm so sorry. I like the song. No, no. I, I, I will say that I am happy to. Uh, uh, um, now that I've mentioned it, I'll put Carpenter back in, back in my record collection. Uh, which means that I will swap uh, my my vote over. I'm going to throw my weight behind Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm. Oh, then we already have an outright winner because I, though my nomination was actually James Horner. Yeah. It really was just to have a point of difference. Uh, the music in Titanic is beautiful. <laughs> who, who came up with the da, 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 da. Was that him? That so was, was that, him. That was Horner. Okay. And he wrote the and he wrote the song, which then counts against him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> um, but, no, it doesn't. That doesn't count. No, it doesn't. I'm only joking. But the the film the film the music is massively important. Um, he's got mm. the cry notes in there that make you go, oh, bloody hell, I'll never yeah. let go, Jack. But I think the other thing that um, gives me the Michael Kamen nod is just the wonderful way he he describes making music for the film. Yeah, talking about how orchestras love it, yeah. when, it when the sheets are black, uh, and and then the music itself is. And this is what this is what tips it for me. You know a score is good when they use it in other trailers, and uh, yeah. and then they use yeah. it as an ident as for the Morgan Creek. That opening That's, tapestry yeah, is incredible. Is I, I, I was surprised it. the, the well, I, I, you know who who doesn't the the opening of the film, the tapestry, the score, it is it sends shivers down my spine to just think of it now. And you went to mm. Horner Titanic, Gally. I was surprised Horner for Aliens didn't come up here. Mm. It was um, close. It was close. Yeah, Another I mean, John one Williams Jaws is. Very yeah, I mean it's well. again that's iconic, and I, I had John Carpenter's original Halloween Dev, which which is really underrated. It's been used forever, and it's never changed. Just those notes, um, the simplicity of it, and the simplicity of Jaws. That's why I put them. But I would be very happy to concede to that opening tapestry of, of Robin Hood. I know you, you're dipping into oh, the, the, the new Arrow release, Patrick. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to get it. Just a very quick word on the new 4K Arrow release that is it is beautiful. It is a wonderful restoration of things I had never noticed before. Um, definitely, quickly, I, not to say I didn't remember Halloween 3 as a, a kind of a problem. You know, underscoring films is wonderful and you can have beautiful scores that way that are very memorable, but I feel that the Rewind Movie Podcast really demands a rip-roaring score right now. Well, that leads me to say the winner of this year's Golden Sandwich Award for Best Original Score in a Film is Michael Kamen, the Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. And here's a little clip of Michael discussing and making the music for the film. So this is how I do it. They give me the picture with these bar of timings underneath it. That's how I know when I'm supposed to be in, when I'm supposed to stop, and when I'm supposed to hit something. The orchestra loves playing flat out for long periods of time. They'll play anything, but they love just running. It's like getting on a horse and galloping. So this is what it feels like for us on the floor. God bless you, Michael, and God bless Robin Hood. Now, the next category is all about addressing inequalities still present within cinema. So we are celebrating the literal and figurative, the accidental and deliberate presentation of the Best Cock Award. And here are the nominees. Mark Wahlberg, Boogie Nights. I am a star. I'm a star, I'm a star, I'm a star. I am a big, bright, shining star. Philip Seymour Hoffman, a.k.a. Philip Seymour of my Hoffman, Twister. Yeah, and that's going around a pit stop, right? No! Red meat, we crave sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. Food. Food. Food! Food! Hey, we are absolutely not going. Anthony Heald... The Silence of the Lambs. You know, we get a lot of detectives here, but I must say I can't ever remember one as attractive. Will you be 
in Baltimore overnight? Because this can be quite a fun town if you have the right guide. Bruce Willis, a.k.a. Bruce Drop the S, Willie Willis, The Color of Night. I just moved here. From New York. I wrote my address down. Because I'm not sure about this number. I don't know how long I'm going to be there, so maybe you can call me sometime over the next couple days. Let's head over to the judging panel and hear the deliberation. Oh, the phony Ooh. phony cock goes immediately, Plastic. and F- okay. Phil's ILM removal cock also has to go because it's not actually a, it's not actually in the final <laughs> it's film. The film, right? So we're down to one already. It's decided itself. I disagree, Matt. It's like horror. Um, it's not what you see. It's uh, it's what your <laughs> mind thinks. It's, it's. <laughs> um, no, I think you're probably right. I think this one is very very easy. Um, yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? Bruce. If ILM hadn't got there, I'd be with you, Gally, but they, they've they erased it. It's gone forever. Uh, it's the it's every single aspect of, of, of Bruce's dick being out in that film is hilarious. The fact that it's Bruce Willis. The fact that it's just it's floating how around. Straight March's face is to Yeah. And it's and that it's in a it's in a swimming pool, so it's all weird like weird color. It looks all off. Well, it can it can go both ways in a swimming pool. Sometimes the light can distort it, make it look cute. That was in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) But it's on. It's definitely on a zero gravity, and it just bubbles up. Yeah, it just it just it just pops up out from behind his thigh. And the winner of this year's Big Cock Award is. Bruce Willis, The Color of Night. Uh, I'd like to thank my mom, who right now is in the hospital recovering from surgery. Where's the camera? Ma, what's up? Look at this. Good. Weighs about four or five pounds. She wanted to know. Uh, well, lastly, I would like to thank four people who inspired me to be an actor. The first three you know as the Three Stooges. <clears throat> well, Larry and Curly. My pals. Uh, the last person I'd like to thank is Al Pacino, who in 1973, was with his performance in The Godfather, inspired me to be an actor. It's a great job. I'm very proud to be an actor. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bruce. And uh, be sure to put it away, please, mate. Thank you. Right. In keeping with the last award, we wanted to recognise an area of filmmaking that has diminished in recent times, but when done right, is as effective as an action sequence. The next award is for the best sex scene and the nominees are the Colombian drug lord's girlfriend in Predator 2. Michael Douglas and Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. Sylvester Stallone and Sandra Bullock in Demolition Man. And Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct. that guy's pelvis is a great description of that act though and she was a professional too yeah it was the only way i could describe what was going on that was uh one of my favorite smash cuts in (laughs) literally and figuratively smash cuts in cinema and it jump cuts into the building like several times so it's it's quite it's uh got godardian in its uh execution (laughs) so what are we what are we going to land on then team well, I, I think something with nudity, isn't it? You, I mean, you're not, you're not going to pick one with any nudity. I'm I'm happy to slide my vote across to the hunker chunker, although I do think that the basic instinct scene is so kind of uh, pivotal 
and and extraordinary and it's like it Lengthy. is proper rude yeah, <laughs> it, is dead, it is dead rude it's about as much as you could get away with back in those days so I mean they all have unintentional humour apart from Demolition Man which has intentional baked in humour which uh, you know I don't know if you how can you go for one without nudity I mean there's only one that has any oh, okay I, I I accept that argument but um, I'll, yeah, I'll, I, I'll, I'll, sadly, I've not seen Basic Instinct, so I'd have to go Fatal, fatal Attraction. The Douglas Shuffle. I, I would, I would concede. Um, as long as Douglas is winning, I'd, I'd say that was made perhaps fair. So for whichever picture. Well, I am honoured to announce that the winner of the best sex scene is Michael Douglas and Glenn Close in Fatal Attraction. It helps if you like each other. You know, if you're basically, I, I fortunately have never been involved in a picture with a, a leading lady that I hated, and uh, but that obviously makes it a lot more difficult. But it's sort of funny because you'll do a take, and then you stop, and like any other scene, well, how was that? I said, gee, that was good, but you know, I think we're maybe, you know, maybe, maybe we're missing the moment of insertion. Yeah, that's right. We'll have to figure that out. Or, or what if I do this? Or I'll grab you here and suck here. Or do this. That's interesting. And then you okay, roll them. And then you jump into this whole thing. And uh, uh, and but that's that's part of the job. And it's difficult, but you know somebody's got to do it. Thanks very much, there, Michael, for explaining how difficult it can be to work as an actor on set. Now, if you consider a film to be a plate of food it becomes a lot easier to recognise the necessary ingredients to produce a delicious, nutritious and satisfying dish. But not every plate, just like not every film, requires ham to be served. But when you add it, you can elevate the entire meal. So, here are the nominees for the Glazed Ham Neal Award for the most hammiest performance. Billy Zane, Titanic. I feel pain! Yes, you are, and my wife in practice, if not yet by law, so you will honor me. You will honor me the way a wife is required to honor a husband, because I will not be made out of fool, Rose. Is this in any way unclear? No. Good. Excuse me. Alan Rickman, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That's it, Cancel the kitchen scraps for lepers and orphans. No more merciful beheadings. And call off Christmas. The treasury is empty. All day and all night, people plague my door, whining for tax relief and safe passage through Sherwood Forest. We cannot pay thee what the highwayman has taken. Gary Boosie, Predator 2. Ten years one of his kind stalked and eliminated an elite special forces crew in Central America. There were two survivors. They indicated that when trapped, the creature activated a self-destruct device that destroyed enough rainforest to cover 300 city blocks. Remarkable weaponry. That's right, Lieutenant. Other world life forms. Huh? A fucking alien. And Gary Boosie, Point Break. Right around that corner, there is a sandwich shop. They sell meatball sandwiches. Best I've ever tasted. Would you go get me two? Come on, partner. Two. Thank you. Utah, give me two. And finally, John Lithgow, Santa Claus the movie. What would it cost? Cost? Cost who? Uh, the people who, who buy the toy. Well, nothing. We're going to give them away free. Oh. oh, that's fantastic. How do you turn your face so red so fast? For free! Uh, Rickman is obviously an amazing shout. Is Rickman so prominent, though, in Robin yeah, Hood? That essentially, that. he's almost like... I mean, you could forgive him for being the lead, really, because of Costner's... Still hammy, and he acknowledged it's his own ham when he hammy. accepted that um, BAFTA. He acknowledged that subtlety is not uh, something he's he's going to pursue. I don't think that film would be anywhere near as entertaining were it not for him. Like mm. you know, he is the 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 secret ingredient that elevates that film to being an all timer, as opposed to just a serviceable 
swords and bows and arrows hmm. bit of nonsense fluff. Some of the line readings he has, is, he's yeah. in a world of his own, isn't he? And mm. what I love about Billy Zane is that Billy Zane's performance could be mistaken for being shit. Yes. <laughs> we need somebody on board who kind of represents that entire class of people. And Billy Zane yep. carries all of that in that in those curls. He has to be an asshole, but with enough understandable motivation to his assholery. I, I will say that I'm I'm a disciple of uh, Busey, and I can never go against him. So now Devlin's throwing that hat in the ring. Uh, I I would lean towards his performance in Predator Two a bit more. This is a strong category. We haven't even gone full John Lithgow yet. With just when he's like pop, 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 when he's choking on his cigar. But I think Alan Rickman's like too good. A performance in a way oh this is yeah, a hard yeah. one he's uh, yeah yeah he's threaded throughout the film so he kind of is helping to create yeah. the main yeah. the main bulk of the film whereas these other performances are like especially boosie boosie's the peripheral he doesn't come in until late in the film he turns up he drops a bunch of weird bullshit in a film which was potentially not quite as fun as it should have been and he makes it fun P- perhaps the billy zane titanic performance is the only one where the ham itself is crucial to that character you could play the sheriff without ham you could you could do it <laughs> you you <laughs> you could be uh, in Predator 2 like Arnie was going to play that role the Gary Busey role and there would have been uh, granted some ham but less ham yeah. it wouldn't have been as glazed so uh, I mean the, the, Billy Zane it's crucial that, that the ham is brought for that and the winner for the glazed ham Neil award for the hammiest performance is Billy Zane in Titanic he's not he wicked he's just He's tragic. She, yes, he hits her. The girl who cheated on him. No, I mean, I'm not condoning that behavior. It's bad bro- programming, mate. I'm not going to apologize for him. You know, no, I might protect him just a little bit, though. I don't think he's the Prince of Darkness. And I know, I played him. Actors at their very core cool are storytellers. Art, acting, and performance are an expression of life. Our cultures, our worries, our loves, and our fears. And here are the nominees for the Golden Sandwich Award for the Best Actress. Sigourney Weaver, Aliens. Look, I can see where this is going, but I'm telling you that those things exist. Thank you, Officer Ripley, that will be all. Please, you're not listening to me. Kane, the crew member, Kane, who went into that ship, said he saw thousands of eggs there. Thousands. Thank you. That will be all. God damn it! That's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. Sharon Stone, Basic Instinct. Did you kill Mr. Boz, Mr. Mel? I'd have to be pretty stupid to write a book about killing and then kill somebody the way I described it in my book. I'd be announcing myself as the killer. I'm not stupid. We know you're not stupid, Mr. Mel. Maybe that's what you're counting on to get you off the hook. Writing the book gives you an alibi. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Jodie Foster, The Silence of the Lambs. That expires in one week. And not where I can I'm still in training at the Academy. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me. Yes, I'm a student. I'm here to learn from you. Maybe you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified enough to do that. Glenn Close, Fatal Attraction. I just want to be a part of your life. Oh, this is the way you do it, huh? Showing up at my apartment! What am I supposed to do? You won't answer my calls, you change your number. I mean, I'm not going to be ignored, Dan. And Sandra Bullock, Speed. I, I, I went with Glenn Close just because she's very good throughout and also that they essentially robbed her 
of all of the character development that she had put into the mm, film, and which she would be still pulled on that ending. ending. It, it's because what she had because had of, planned right there. She had she had an entire performance yeah. arced out that they eventually she forced was. her into changing. But we we discussed mm. it more on the episode. It did make it more iconic. Mm. So, but I see what you mean. Yeah, but you know, it's the it's the Sigourney Weaver Award. We love her on the show, don't we? She's great. The strongest thing that Sigourney's got uh, in her performances is that. Her gender never really comes, never gets questioned. As far as I'm concerned, when I watch the film, I don't think of like Ellen Ripley, strong female character. I mean, I do, but I mm. think Ellen Ripley, strong character. It's a complex, rounded performance uh, of, it's, of it's an action woman character as, well. as yeah, an action as opposed to just being... with the drama in. in... That balance we, she has. we have to underline that it's a special edition too where we learn more about her daughter and the maternal instincts and all of that stuff that really gives aliens the the edge i think here yeah, over something like alien yep mathematically sigourney has uh has, has clearly taken it shout out to sharon um she's a force of nature and basic instinct that leads me with the great pleasure of announcing the winner of the golden sandwich award for the best female actress is Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. I think what attracted me to Ellen Ripley was that she, first of all, is a character that was written as a man. So it was written in a very straightforward way. This was a kind of direct person who didn't have these scenes where she was suddenly vulnerable and she didn't, you know, throw her hands up and and wait for someone else to save her. She was a thinking, moving, deciding creature and... um I think that's the other thing that interested me was that she she went from someone who sort of believed that the world was a certain way to someone who couldn't believe in anything anymore. Many thanks there, Sigourney. Right, well, we'll move on to the Golden Sandwich Award for the best performance by an actor. And the nominees are Christian Bale, American Psycho. Alan has mistaken me for this dickhead Marcus Halberstram. It seems logical because Marcus also works at PNP and in fact does the same exact thing I do. He also has a pension for Valentino's suits and Oliver Peoples' glasses. Marcus and I even go to the same barber. Although I have a slightly better haircut. Patrick Swayze, point break. No, it's real. It's absolutely real. Everything moves in cycles. So twice a century, the ocean lets us know just how small we really are. A winter storm comes out of Antarctica tearing up the Pacific. And it sends a huge swell north 2,000 miles. And when it hits Bell's Beach, it'll turn into the biggest surf this planet has ever seen, and I will be there. Jeff Bridges, The Big Lebowski. Come on, man. I'm not trying to scam anybody here. Uh, you know, I, I'm just... Uh... You're just looking for a handout like every other... Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Well, wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Um... I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know? Uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Jeff Goldblum, The Fly. I want you to go through. I'm going to teleport as soon as possible right now. Ronnie. I hardly need to sleep anymore, and I feel wonderful. It's like a drug, but a perfectly pure and benign drug. The power I feel surging inside me. I won't be able to wear you out. We'll be the perfect couple. The dynamic duo. Come on, right now. And Michael Douglas, Wonder Boys. Oh, that's great. That's great. Between Officer Pubchick and you, he can be the next Jean Genet. Been a long time since somebody wrote a really good book in jail. It's a Michael Douglas performance that relies somewhat on your kind of the, the the awareness and the star persona that you carry into the film but i also think that the performance itself is just extraordinary it's really brittle and kind of uh, uh um sad pompous there's total layers and depth and complexity to it and i was uh, i was super impressed i i feel like we've not done a huge amount of films on the podcast in general whereby you have that kind of stereotypical oscar-winning shouty male lead performance We've not done anything that has the kind of, you know, you can't handle the truth, like, you know, the big moments. Like, you know, I, I don't know whether that's just the types of films that we cover. So, 
it was like it was all Douglas was the only ones I could think of, and I just thought that Wonder Boys had such an incredible nuance to it. No, um, I, I was delighted when I saw it. I mean, I, I actually don't think it's his. I don't think it's his best performance um, that he's given, but I was delighted to see it because it is. It's a departure from what we would normally associate with his star persona and the types of roles that he normally does. But his slubbiness is not like. Um, you remember when Jack Nicholson did About Schmidt? And it was like, oh, yeah. Jack's doing a bit of a... He's playing a normal slubby guy. And it felt a bit like... Uh, I'm Gimmicky. Not sure. I'm not sure I'm buying this. Um, yeah. And Douglas, it could have been that same way. But I think you buy him because um, he, he, it's a real transformation. It's a real performance. It's mm. not just like it's Michael Douglas wearing a big fucking cardigan. I think the dude speaks for itself, doesn't it? It's just... Uh, we keep saying iconic, but there it, there it is. And uh, but um, I chose uh, Goldblum because it's one of my favorite episodes we've done. Um, like I didn't know Patrick before before we started the, the podcast, and I think between Robin Hood and uh, The Fly, we really got to know each other a bit a bit better and, and connect through through films. And I think that those are two episodes that I really enjoy listening back to. And I just think the arc of his performance there is really scary and funny, and um, it's it's a film I I always like to talk about and always like to mention so and i don't think jeff gets enough credit goldblum for his for his performances because he's he's always weird but here he's he's weird in context yeah he's become a bit of a meme now hasn't he and, mm, that's um, a good point. you forget yeah. that actually he's got um he's genuinely got a lot of range and he's always made me scared of having arm wrestles no let's um let's see galley's business card sometimes when you recognize a performance you're almost recognizing that it couldn't have been done better by anybody else. Christian Bale, I don't think there's anybody else that could have pulled that performance off, is what is what I was recognising. Um, because there's so much going on. It's so frantic, and there's just so many layers to it. It'd be easy to be dead funny. It'd be easy to play it um, cruel and vicious. It's really hard to do both in the same scene at sometimes and he does it in terms of winners you really have sold me on jeff goldblum there that was um i'd not really even factored that in as the sort of thing and it's possibly that's it's not underestimating the it's not the, yeah. yeah underestimating just how tough that was to pull off and the winner of the golden sandwich award for the best performance by an actor is jeff goldblum for the fly to every crew member of every play or television show or movie I've ever done, to the cast, so many of whom uh, still fill me with starstruck amazement. I'm so lucky and grateful. Directors, how about this bunch of people I've been lucky to get to work with? Uh, too numerous, numerous to mention, but early on, Robert Altman, yes, who put me in a few movies, including Nashville. I highly recommend it. And very interesting picture. And uh, takes us up to you, David Cronenberg, whom I love, so the genius Steven Spielberg. And uh, Wes Anderson, you know, a man of real dignity and honor. I love uh, all of those people. So even though they may not appear in front of the camera, a director is one of the most important people on a film set. They do more than shout action and sit in chairs. Directors are the creative lead of a film. They hold the creative vision throughout the whole process, from pre-production right through to the final edit. This category recognises those that did great work. So here are the nominees for the Golden Sandwich Award for the Best Director. Ridley Scott, Alien. The shuttle won't take four. Well, then why don't we draw straws? I'm not going in these drawers. I'm for killing that goddamn thing right now. Okay. Well, let's talk about killing it. We know it's using the air shafts. Will you listen to me, Parker? Shut up! Let's hear it. Let's hear it. It's using the air shafts. That's the only way. John McTiernan, Die Hard. I'm going to count to three. There will not be a four. Give me the code. One. Two. Three. I don't know it. I'm telling you. Get on the jet to Tokyo and ask the chairman. I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. James Cameron, 
aliens. Are you finished? I hope you're right. I really do. Yeah, okay, right. Thank you, Ripley. We also have Ripley's report on disc. I suggest you study because it. Because just one of those things managed to wipe out my entire crew in less than 24 hours. And if the colonists have found that ship, then there's no telling how many of them have been exposed. Do you understand? And Steven Spielberg, Jaws. Give me your hands. Dogfish. You got a $5,000 net. You got $2,000 worth of fishing and along comes Mr. Whitey. By the time he's finished with that net, looks like a kitty scissor class has cut it up for a paper doll. You got city hands, Mr. Hooper. You've been counting money all your life. All right, all right. Hey, I don't need this. I don't need this working class hero crap. You, you, you're not going to do this aboard the ship, are you, Mr. Quinn? I mean, I, I, I put Spielberg because Jaws is my favorite film and I think that he... In the face of almost been fired every day, um, not having a script, having a shark that doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. He finished the film and he made one of the best, the best films of all time. And uh, that's that's why I nudged his name slightly higher than the others. But they're all all worthy winners, in particular, John McTiernan, who I you know wrote thousands of words about this year. So there you go. That was uh, that was part of the inspiration behind me in that i went through some of the films and i thought well there's films that perhaps that i love more or there's films that i feel that people have put more of their kind of you know dredged something up from deep within them and put it on screen but like a, 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 i guess a, i took a director's job here to be make something extraordinary happen mm. out of materials which could in lesser hands have been purely middling yeah. Die Hard didn't need to be as good as it was. It didn't need to be this extraordinary thing. It could have just been some bullshit late 80s action movie and it ended up being just so intricate and like remarkable. But then again, that's the same thing you can say about Spielberg, what he did with Jaws. It could have mm. been a crappy summer pot boiler and instead it was, you know, elevated to this level of popular artistry. And Devlin, it's the exact same thing that influenced my decision to go for Sir Wrigley for Alien. Mm. Is it Wiggly Scott? It is Wiggly. Um, I was also thinking about um, jumping off points and longevity and legacy and influence. And I think that's where I start siding with Spielberg or Ridley Scott. Uh, I, I like that argument though about like, yeah, Ridley Scott was was uh, was at the top of the tree there in, in just birthing something from the ground up that just became a phenomenon not only in terms of the the lineage of its own its own franchise but also um shit everything's an alien knockoff isn't it is there a case for just how cool mctiernan played it as well it's like he didn't even break stride with it it's like there's nothing he really even struggled with it was just but yeah that that was my mctiernan thing really was was yeah just the kind of the the palpable like he's a grumpy man but there seemed to be this kind of palpable glee with which he was just like putting on the fucking sickest show he could think of. Mm. It's a tough one. Oh, I can't. I can't pick. What are we doing? We're gonna have to sack race for this one or mud wrestle or something. Okay, I, I, like, we haven't mentioned him, but like Cameron from Aliens for yeah, no, it's, it's making some ultimate kind of sequel and making the massive sequels and time. just being a bastard and not he caring something ex- <laughs> he, he, he could do every role better than anyone else. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like uh, his innovative, his innovation, the way he filmed it. But I, I, I feel like I, I nominated him, but I'm, I'm, I'm torn looking at this and listening to you from Ridley and Spielberg because uh, Wrigley, excuse me, and Spielberg. Uh, you know, Jaws is. I said it in the episode is a masterpiece that I taken for granted, and. Mm. Look at the location that he shot on. Wrigley was in a studio and he had, you know, he was being asked to make 20 setups a day, which is fucking stupid. But Which one of the four do you feel the director's hand at work the most? Because I'd lean towards no, Rid- no, no, no. Sir Ridley for that. That's, that's, yeah. He's the one where I feel like it, 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 it's impossible, impossible to choose. And the winner for the Golden Sandwich Award for Best Director is Ridley Scott, Alien. But, you know, first of all, thank you for this wonderful honor. And um, 
Thank you for this award and thank you for that, what you just did. Uh, Alien, I'll see if I can see it. Alien was the first, I'm going to read it, fuck it. Um, <laughs> Alien was the first I got involved with visual effects, which included a little matte painting and all the universes done with skilled hand and a bristle brush randomly sprinkling stars onto black color boards. Seriously. And we just photographed it. There was a very good model, which the movement was a counter-moving camera, because I was the operator, so I know, and lots of smoke and wind, and a little help from a visual effects cameraman, Denny Ailing, who was charming, and every, pause it there, I'm going to stop. I was going to, in the mornings, we'd watch rushes, and Denny would hide in the back of the theater, in this little room where we were doing the visual effects and looking at rushes, and he would come in and say, you're going to like it. Not a lot, but you're going to like it. God bless Denny. So we come to our penultimate award. Now, nobody sets out to make a bad film. In many cases, there are limitations applied externally that impact on the vision for the film. But sometimes those limitations can be found in the visionaries themselves. So here are the nominees for the Shit Sandwich Award for the Worst Film. The Brother Strauss, Alien vs. Predator, Requiem. The world isn't ready for this technology. But this isn't for our world, is it, Ms. Yutani? Alien vs. Predator, had we not done Alien vs. Predator, Requiem, would have won for me. Yeah. I, I thought it was nakedly cynical and mm. really poorly executed, and everything was so surface level but requiem makes it look like it was an honest attempt yeah alien vs predator requiem is not only soulless but it is dreadfully dre- there's not a good scene in the movie the only thing i give it was the child the the um attack on the child at the beginning which was i found daring um perhaps I, I think i know what you mean it was the execution of it but the idea is good let's kill off a kid at the beginning and you know, yeah, but we, did, we the, said they did it in Jaws. Yeah. It's but it's yeah. it was not just about the execution. It was like this is all they had. Is yeah. they didn't have anything else. You know, and we said we gave Paul W. S. Anderson credit. He definitely watched like five films before he made Alien vs. Predator. I don't know if these brothers Strauss have watched a film because they don't know how to make one. <laughs> There's a quote: "A sloppy, wet mud burial of two once great franchises, Alien vs. Predator." buried it but alien versus predator requiem just pissed on its grave in the most disrespectful way possible nothing that comes after will ever be able to wash off the stink of that film well 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 this one's a turn up for the books the winner of the shit sandwich award for the worst film is the brother strauss for alien versus predator requiem some of the abilities that the Predator Alien got was the uh, the dreads, the mandibles, and uh, some of the skin pigmentation. Also, the way the uh, the Predator Alien moves is much more upright, like a Predator moves. Also, the Predator Alien sort of, you know, he shows a little, she shows a little more cognitive skills as well. And so we come to our final award, the Golden Sandwich Award for the best film. The magic ingredients for greatness boil down to story, cultural impact, technical innovation, creative synergy, suspending disbelief, and excellent casting. But there's also a mystery surrounding greatness, a spark which sticks in the minds of viewers and places a film into the history books. So, let's hear the nominees for the Golden Sandwich Award for the best film. Paul Thomas Anderson, Boogie Nights. We can talk about this later. Oh, yeah. You gotta go somewhere, or...? Yeah, no. I mean, you know, because I was hoping, you know, for the shoot tomorrow, we could send Rocky down and he could pick it up. Kurt. No, hey, gotcha. You gotta go somewhere. So, hey, what the fuck? It's only the photography of the film we're talking about. Are you giving me shit, Kurt? No, hey, no way with it, My fucking wife has an ass in her cock in the driveway, Kurt. All right? I'm sorry if my thoughts are not on the photography of the film we're shooting tomorrow. Okay? Okay, no big deal. Sorry. All right? Curtis Hansen, L.A. Confidential. My father ran into him off-duty. And he shot my father six times and got away clean. No one even knew who he was. 
I just made the name up to give him some personality. What's your point? Rolo Tomasi's the reason I became a cop. I wanted to catch the guys who thought they could get away with it. It was supposed to be about justice. Then somewhere along the way, I lost sight of that. Paul Verhoeven, Robocop. God damn it! John Kenner! Listen to me! Listen to me, you fuck! There's another guy! He's a, he's OCP, he's the senior president! Anything you say may be used against you. It's Nick Jonathan Demi, The Silence of the Lambs. The jobs come up and I thought about you. Not a job, really, more of an interesting errand. Sit down. Yes, sir. I remember you from my seminar at UVA. <laughs> you grilled me pretty hard, as I recall, in the Bureau's civil rights record in the Hoover years. I gave you an A. A minus, sir. And Steven Spielberg, Jaws. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes. Black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red and... Despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. And I think I'll 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 take Curtis Hansen out for LA Confidential. I think it's a it's a great it's solid. a great movie. Yeah. It's a solid movie. Um, one that I would say is rewatchable, and um, and there's plenty to unearth. Mm. But I don't. I think when. <laughs> When when the zombie apocalypse hits and you're grabbing like your one film that you're gonna watch in your bunker. Maybe <laughs> maybe you don't grab Ali Confidential if a couple of the other ones that were nominated are on the shelf. I, I guess the uh, the the McTiernan split was that I cause I nominated McTiernan for Best Director but didn't nominate Die Hard for Best Film and I guess that it was just because I thought that the job of directing that McTiernan did on Die Hard mm. was so kind of gloriously visible and and marvelous. Whereas yeah. as an overall film I ended up going with Boogie Nights just because I feel like that was a different thing to me, which is that uh, you've got Best Director, which is, you know, I directed the fuck out of this film, whereas Boogie Nights feels like it's just been dredged up from within somebody mm. and that it's a miracle that it came out as marvelously as, as it did. I thought it was just, you know, it's just so cohesive and heartfelt and sad and funny and it's probably too long, but not for me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like it's, you know, it's a, a an extraordinarily gifted young filmmaker just, like, indulging his big chance, you know? But I also will concede that probably on balance, Jaws comes down as the kind of, you know, a, a bit of an unimpeachable... It's an incredible film, Jaws. It's, mm. it's, it is really astonishingly good. All I know is that James Cameron is going to be fuming at us. But I, I would say Jaws takes the... For me, it takes the best picture. I love Boogie Nights, but mm. Jaws is, is Jaws is something else in it. And the winner of the Golden Sandwich Award for the best film is Jaws, directed by Steven Spielberg. Thank you very much. Uh, following in the footsteps of some of my heroes, Cecil B. DeMille and George Stevens, Alfred Hitchcock, William Wyler. Igmar Bergman and Robert Wise, this award is truly a great honor for me. I'm told Irving Thalberg worshipped writers, and that's where it all begins, that we are first and foremost storytellers, and without, as he called it, the photoplay, everybody is simply improvising. He also knew that a script is more than just a blueprint, that the whole idea of movie magic is that interweave of powerful image and dialogue and performance and music that can never be separated and when it's working right can never be duplicated or ever forgotten uh that is it for the first annual 
Not annual. Well, maybe it we'll do this took us year. almost five years. It almost took us five years. But we, um, yeah, that's the first first awards to commemorate uh, reaching 100. Uh, we'll be back to normal programming uh, next time. As I mentioned before Christmas or last year, which it never gets weird saying that now, um, we'll be doing Terminator 2 yeah. Judgment Day next. So if you haven't done your homework over Christmas... Because you procrastinated. I need um, a vacation. Get absolutely get watching it, and then you can join us uh, for that next episode and our discussion. Um, but no, thank you very much. Thank you guys for your nominees um, and bringing them to the fore. Discussions can be robust, um, but hopefully everyone agrees. And if you don't agree with any of the things that we've awarded, please let us know. Um, and if you like what we do, obviously like share subscribe pen a wee review probably not just on the basis of this episode because this is not normal running and that would be deeply unfair if you did <laughs> but it's your prerogative you can do that um we'll say goodbye then shall we too shall indeed it's goodbye from me it's galley in glasgow uh just i'm gonna use my mouth to put cds in from now on <laughs> it's devlin in london uh hasta luego it's Patrick in Mexico City. And falling backwards off a ladder like Eric Bogosian. <laughs> it's Matt in South Korea. Singing Us Out is an excellent artist who's currently on an award show redemption tour. It's Will Smith. Shake, shake, shake.